Sam Prendergast. He's Mr. Composure for the end of the game to bring a team from behind to win. You can't win anything with kids. You know, it was... I actually thought it was fantastic and I don't know if you can hold back the hype. Subscribe to the Rugby Stream on the OTB Sports app now. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now. 24 minutes past 8 you're watching OTBAM do keep the comments coming into us whether it's about shirts or uh, about the football or the rugby do keep the comments coming into us over the course we're with you between now and 10 o'clock and Kathleen McNamee is with us in the studio Kathleen good morning to you morning guys we have the fire pit coming up later on that I believe might uh, actually catch fire properly oh. hopefully anyways yeah. we'll, we'll taunt people with that little bit <laughs> we'll hold off on that uh, for now um, just loads to get to um, we might come to Gianni Infantino and just a little bit in the uh, comments that he's had to make again during the week uh, we might just talk about first of all about Sam Kerr digging Chelsea out of it again on Wednesday night um, half full of chances for Chelsea they were still five minutes uh, to go in the game and still just hanging on and uh, she benefits from one off the post um, fourth title in a row though feels mathematically certainly in their um, grasp and feels the mom- that little momentum swing and the importance of that goal Kathleen? Yeah it seems a bit inevitable at this stage I think this is what Chelsea have been so good at doing all season is not performing all that well on the pitch for like the entire 90 minutes and then Sam Kerr pops up in the last like 5-10 minutes grabs a goal and all of a sudden they've won the game and they're flying it. I think for them, the last couple of weeks have been rough. Obviously, they had the Champions League and bowing out of that, but also just in terms of the amount of injuries that is in the squad. You know, they've been playing without players like Penilla Harder, Frank Kirby, Millie Bright, like all their big names for a lot of the season. Um, So for Emma Hayes, it's impressive. I kind of feel, though, she's at the stage where she would probably have given up the WSL title if it meant going that little bit further in the Champions League. Um, She's a bit like Pep Guardiola in that sense. It's kind of her, the one that keeps getting away from her. Um, But yeah, Liverpool were good on Wednesday night. Mm. I feel like with the bank holiday, I'm losing track of what day of the week it was. Liverpool were good. Yeah, Kind of, they've been a frustrating side this season because... They obviously have done very well as a team that's just like come up, especially again with the injuries that they've had to the players like Leanne Kiernan. Like they haven't really had that one person that's their out and out striker that can actually take the shots for them. But you know they go into some games and they lose six nil, and then they go up against a team like Chelsea and they come away with one lo- one win and then a very narrow two one loss. Mm. Pretty impressive though from Liverpool's perspective, like the, the the fact that they can come into the WSL and potentially finish in the top half. Like the job that Matt Beard has done is pretty, pretty impressive. Yeah, it definitely is, and I think Liverpool are one of those sides that were, Matt Beard is very clever about how he constructs a team. So, say like bringing in a player like Shanice Van der Sanden, who is like Dutch international, has insane experience across like multiple leagues. Every time she plays, Liverpool automatically look a lot, lot better. Mm-hmm. And I think the challenge for him will be bringing in those younger players that he can train up, but also attracting more of those sort of bigger names. A bit unfortunate, she's kind of not played a lot of minutes just because of injury, um, but they just look like a much more stable team when she's in it. And I think she's been pretty crucial for them this season. I think as well, it's good to see like teams coming up from the championship and actually performing better than a lot of the other teams. Because a lot of the time, it's the team comes up, 
goes down quite quickly or else doesn't go down the first year, goes down the next year. Um, whereas I don't really see that being the case with Liverpool. I think they've built enough a foundation in the league this year that they can kick on next season. And they'll have a bit of a say. We chatted to Gilly Flaherty a couple of weeks ago about the say that Everton might have in the run-in and uh, the importance of the games against the better teams that were playing. It's a bit of that with Liverpool, including City, uh, this weekend. Um, but we don't really care about Liverpool. They're sort of in limbo in the middle of the table. Uh, which, which in itself, as we've established, is success. But what we do care about is the fact that some of their players, um, who you know we will have an interest in later in the year, are coming back to fitness. Leanne Kiernan getting close to coming back. There was chat that she might have been involved during the week, but she could even be back uh, for this weekend. Neve Fahey getting back, Megan Campbell getting back training. Um, these are important weeks now from an Ireland point of view. Yeah, really important. And very important for the players too, because you look at, say... Like, Neve is a dead set for the World Cup if she's fit. Even if she's, like, slightly carrying something, I still think Vera Powell is going to bring her. Uh, for Leanne, Vera has this weird thing against Leanne Kiernan. I'd, I've never really understood it because, like, Leanne in the league is very good at getting goals. And before she got injured, she looked like she was going to, you know, be competing for a golden boot with some of the chances that she was getting. Uh, but for some reason, Vera doesn't like her, doesn't feel like she plays into her system. So this season was going to be really, really important for her in terms of getting game time, proving herself. And she's kind of against the clock now. Like, there is only a couple of games left in the season. Um, like, she would kind of want to be coming in, I would think, this weekend to start proving herself, especially since Vera had a bit of a set against her before. Mm-hmm. Um and I would love to see her do it because I think like Leanne's a great player. She's been so unlucky. I feel like this is just the theme of the morning of me being like injuries, injuries, injuries. Mm. She's been so unlucky with injuries over the year. Like we talked to her on Koi Gig. Um, it was like one of the first few episodes that we did. And she was talking about, you know, the mental battle she's had to pull herself through over the last couple of years because it's like every time she gets going, something else happens or there's another setback. You know, she was supposed to be back from this injury months ago and she just kept getting setback after setback. So a very resilient player. And I feel like if anyone was to come on and make an impression, I definitely think she has it in her. Uh, I just really hope that if this season isn't to be and if the World Cup isn't to be for her, that she can kick on when the new season starts up and prove that she is that player that can get goals for Ireland, which we still desperately need. Yeah, because uh, the system thing you can sort of buy happens all the, team with, all the time with teams where you're like, this player needs to be playing, but the manager is like, no, it doesn't quite fit my uh, system. I remember in the Colin Bell days with Ireland as well, she would get regular game time there, but the system never suited her. She tended to play up front on her own, which is definitely you know a hard role to play for somebody who's not especially physical player obviously um, and yeah I don't know she seems like such a good person so I just actually hope that at some point the injuries stop the bloody system thing gets right she gets into the World Cup squad and proves that she can do for Ireland um, what she's been doing for Liverpool we'll watch this space can I reverse slightly into the Chelsea stuff and it maybe ties in a little bit with Arsenal as well because I've been asked to prompt slash goad you here about um, Arsenal's chances of winning the Premier League which I hadn't even got on my agenda for this morning Kathleen I'm not going to lie um, but the, the Chelsea bit and um, the heartbreak of the Barcelona uh, stuff. Emma Hayes was talking during the week about the impact that that would have and also conversely her confidence in their ability to get the results that they'd need um, in the run-in and I wondered in the context of the Liverpool game whether their inability to put the game away for so long despite all the chances they had created should give United and City and I mean if you want to include Arsenal in that conversation Kathleen you feel free to do that uh, should give United and City hope or 
is it the the opposite that actually some of those chances are just going to come off and they're going to end up blitzing teams uh, between now and the run-in? Um, I think the crucial games are going to be the weekend where the two Manchester teams play and the two London teams play. I think that's going to be what actually decides the t- A, the title and B, the Champions League places. I think Emma Hayes has got this Chelsea team in such a space where even though they went out of the Champions League and it was disappointing, they actually did put up a performance in the Camp Nou, which is like, no one does that. So like, Emma Hayes is the sort of person that's going to take that and be like, well, we went to the Dragon's Den and okay, we didn't slay them, but we came pretty close to it. This is going. The rest of the season is nothing to us because we can do that against some of the world's best. So mm. I think for her... She is always like player management has always been one of her strong suits, and I think that's what's going to come in in the next couple of weeks. I mean, she has already had to deal with intense pressure this season, and I think that when you look at the players that are hopefully coming back for them as well, you know, like Disha Buchanan, Millie Bright should be back for some of the last games of the season, all going well. Um, Her injury was she just had her knee cleaned out, so it's not as serious as some of the other ones that we've seen. I think that. She, Chelsea are just this juggernaut and they have this mentality that no matter, until that final whistle goes, there is always a chance that Sam Kerr can get a header or, you know, someone will pop up and get a goal. And they have, even though all their younger players are maybe not the sort of bigger names that a lot of people who don't watch the WSL all the time or maybe who just tune into international football don't recognise, they're still incredibly good. It's not like Arsenal against Wolfsburg where we had a bench of teenagers that no one had ever heard of. They were players that were kind of coming from relative oblivion, whereas Chelsea's bench of teenagers are like, these are the top young stars from across the world who have like won Heinemann trophies over in the US or, you know, won all the big things across the world. So I think for Chelsea, they just have that experience. They have the depth and they have that, knowledge as well of what they need to do because they, they've been in this position before many many times so they, they know where they're at I wonder is there um, like you talk about the young players but obviously their chase of an older head in the last transfer window caught a lot of the headlines is that inevitable that McCabe I know it's disappeared off the agenda as a talking point but like I, it's the thing that I think about all the time when I watch Katie McCabe or I'm watching Chelsea how would they be with Katie McCabe and the team is it is it accepted that that's inevitable that that's going to happen in the summer or off? I don't think it's accepted as inev- inevitable at all. Um, I mean that came relatively out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, there was some joking about it around the Irish camp whenever they were over in Marbella and we were chatting to them and there was just lots of eye rolls from Katie every time it was brought up. I don't. It depends. I think like if. If she wants Champions League football and Arsenal don't get it this season, then maybe a move might be on. But also I think she has an intense loyalty to the club and I think it would take more than one season out of the Champions League for her to turn her head. I imagine, I, I kind of feel like for her, not so much it would be playing with Chelsea. It'd be more an opportunity to go somewhere else and maybe experience a different league or a different style of football. I would be very surprised if she ended up at Chelsea to be honest it's never been an inevitability in my head and maybe that is just me praying and hoping that my she little heart doesn't Arsenal. get broken <laughs> uh, she can go anywhere else if she goes to Chelsea it'll be like Fabregas leaving Arsenal or something I don't know um, but yeah I think 
she seems happy where she is and she has a very important role in that Arsenal and squad. And she's been given the captaincy recently. And yeah, and like the chances, well, if Kim Little hopefully comes back and is fine for the start of the next season, she'll take over the captain's armband again. But like, you know, Katie kind of is the inevitable person in that lineage. Um, so I think for now, there's no signs of her moving, but who knows? I mean, a lot of players talk about how incredible Emma Hayes is to work for. So if she decides that's something she wants to experience, then off she may go. I know we don't want to make this the, the injury slot, uh, Kathleen, at all, but um, Laura Wienreuther, I mean, the fourth Arsenal player, I think it is, to suffer an ACL injury this season. Um, the others being Williamson, Beth Mead and, and Miedema. Mm. This is this is becoming an, an epidemic in, in women's football. Yeah, as uh, Vivian Minima said on her Instagram post, the ACL Arsenal club is now closed. <laughs> so uh, no more entries, please. No, it is. It, and I, I know it seems, because Arsenal have had four in the last six months, it seems very intense. But I was actually reading through a couple of things on Twitter and people were pointing out where like Leon, when they won the Champions League last year, they also had three ACLs that had also happened in the previous 12 months or something. So... It's not unusual at all. Um, and there's this ongoing thing of, well, what is, is it Arsenal? Like, is there something going on there? The club is doing an inquest into it at the moment, trying to work out, you know, are they doing something wrong? Are we not utilising the research that is there well enough yet? Or are we still, you know, trying to find the actual root cause of this in the right way? Uh, so it needs to be worked out. You look at the list of players that are out. It's insane. Every time, it, like when Vin Rotter went down the other day, I automatically knew it was an ACL injury. Like you just, she was barely touched. The way her knee slipped and the minute she went, hit the ground, her arm went into the air. And every time you see that, you're just like, oh, it's another one. Um, so yeah, I think as much as Jen Beatty put it really well, she was like, I don't think my generation of footballers is going to benefit from any of this right now. If if anything, these players are the guinea pigs and we it's going to be the next generation, hopefully, that benefit from the fact that there are so many now and so much attention is on it and people are actually looking at, okay, how, how do we stop this? The uh, two games to keep an eye on for this weekend, United Spurs and City Liverpool, let's just assume they go with form and um, we will discuss that in more detail on that. The one thing that I want to ask you about, uh, Kathleen, before we wrap, just about uh, women football, women's football, football's greatest advocate, uh, Gianni Infantino, has been uh, out this week and um, I'm sure people saw it, but batting on behalf of the game uh, by saying that some domestic broadcasters need to pay more for rights and I was interested in the comments of Moya Dodd who's not only a former Australia player but maybe more importantly than that in this context next FIFA council member and uh, said that his comments were outrageous she said that FIFA have long established uh, the rights as worthless and prize money wasn't a priority for FIFA previously around the women's game Yeah, Moya's great um, she's such an advocate for women's football in general um, and Infantino I think I mean, a lot of stuff that Infantino says backfires on him, that we're used to that. But he was trying to make this point of, you know, oh, you guys aren't valuing women's football and you're terrible. And because of that, you're not going to get to watch any football. And everyone was like, if you're trying to promote your tournament and get more eyes on it, like one billion people watched the last World Cup, why would you do a blackout? It makes absolutely no sense. No sense. And like the amount of money that FIFA roll in, it it's not going to make a difference to their pocket how much any of the countries pay for the broadcast rights and you're like yes the product should be valued 
but the way he's gone about this just makes absolutely zero sense. FIFA have never cared about women's football. They continue to show they don't care about it every single day with like the prize money for the tournament. You know, he's given off about what people are paying for broadcast rights and you look at the prize pot for the tournament compared to the men's tournament and you're like, well, mm. did we not see a little bit of an issue there somewhere, Infantino? Um, so yeah, I'm, I don't know, he... He's a madman in my head and I saw those comments and I was like, loads of people are going to talk about this and in a way no one really comes out well of it. Mm-hmm. Infantino doesn't come out well of it. I don't think the broadcasters look particularly good that some of them are putting in offers as low as like a couple of million for the rights. You know, I know it's not peak times in Europe, but it's still a World Cup. People are going to watch it. Yeah, I think the the point that he's making is actually valid. It's just the place where the point is coming from, I think, is kind of the issue here, isn't it? And like the lack of assurance about if that extra money, where does that extra money go when it does come in, I think is a long-established question around that organisation. Kathleen, uh, enjoyed that. Thanks a million. Thank you, guys. OCB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now. 